Welcome to Fostering Solutions, a podcast that uplifts people and enterprises making positive impact in communities around the world. I'm your host, Dr. Michelle Foster. My guest today on Fostering Solutions is Christy Elliott. Hi, Christy. How are you? I'm doing well, Michelle. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Now, tell the audience about yourself. I've known you now, I think, since when I was at Kizra, when you were, you just rose through the ranks. So tell, first off, tell the audience <laughs> about yourself. Who is Christy? Sure, sure. It's, uh, it, it, we have known each other for quite a while now. And um, I, I have fond memories of when you were at Kizra and, and my role at the bank at the time. We'll, we'll get there later. But mm-hmm. um, m- many people in the, in the community know uh, who I am as a banker. But I like to, to tell people that I am uh, an almost wife getting married in November. Congrats. I am a puppy mom. Thank you. Uh, I am a, a daughter, a friend, uh, an outdoor junkie, love to do anything outdoors, and I'm deeply passionate about social justice and equity for all. So uh, that's, that's kind of Christy as the person. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. You're more than your career, aren't you? It's so much more. Yes. I, uh, I had a hard time early in my career separating myself from my career. Um, and, and in the last five years or so, uh, I've really been able to say that I am, I am more than just a banker. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about your career for a minute. You are the market president of BB&T, now Truist Bank, here in Charleston. So kind of give the audience a feel for the geographical area that you cover in your role. Certainly. So I uh, have an office in in downtown Charleston, and I am responsible for the commercial lending in uh, seven counties and over about 16 branches. So my territory spans uh, from Charleston north into Marietta, Ohio, and then I go south uh, down Corridor G into Boone, Logan, and Mingo County. So I have a, a pretty wide strip, but being in Charleston and, and centrally located and, and can get to my clients and branches in about an hour and a half. So not okay. too bad. Did, 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 did any of that change when you went from BB&T to Truist or is it pretty much the same footprint? Um, so I picked up the uh, northern part of my territory, the, the Woods, Jackson County okay. and the Marietta, Ohio territory. Mm-hmm. Um, about a month before we announced our merger of equals with SunTrust to form Truist. So uh, it it pretty much coincided with the announcement of our merger of equals. Okay, gotcha. So talk about your career trajectory. You know, we met when you were just a simple banker, not the market president. So um, talk about your career uh, trajectory and did you... Are, were there any barriers that you have to uh, overcome as a young woman in banking? Sure. Well, I, I always like to tell people that I, I didn't know I wanted to be a banker. Um, I lucked into the role. I, I was fortunate enough as a college senior 
to be able to meet uh, BBNT's CEO at the time, John Allison, and our regional president, Phyllis Arnold, at the time. I know uh, Phyllis, wonderful. At a fundraising leader. event. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she certainly is, certainly is. And um, So I had the opportunity uh, to, to meet with them as a college senior. And um, in my, you know, 21-year-old uh, eyes, I thought the, the brightest thing I could do was ask John Allison how to go to work for his company. So I handed him my resume oh. and uh, <laughs> oh, he didn't know yeah. what to do with it and, and promptly uh, shared it with Phyllis Arnold. Uh, so that was on a on a Thursday. And by the following Tuesday, Phyllis had me in for an interview. And I started, um, started in the ranks as a relationship banker. So I did uh, new account openings and, and just helped clients with their daily inquiries at the downtown location. Mm-hmm. I was promoted um, in under a year to start our um, financial wellness in the workplace program. Mm-hmm. And that's actually the program uh, that I was it. working on when you were at Kisra. Mm-hmm. Yes. So um, I loved that program because uh, it was something that we got to go out into the community. We did financial seminars and we helped the unbanked and underbanked population learn about the importance of having bank accounts, how to get an account, how to start savings accounts, and and really just seeing the, the impact that that program made. And I stayed in that role for about seven years. So it was a, a big chunk of my career. Mm-hmm. I moved um, in, into a, a couple other roles before becoming um, a commercial relationship manager and had a wonderful opportunity um, to, to learn from uh, some senior commercial bankers, um, most of whom had been in banking longer than I had been alive uh, wow. at the time. So Mm-hmm. That was, it was an opportunity uh, to, to really just step back and learn. And uh, from, from that role, I, I was uh, elevated to the market president role in 2017 for my leadership that, that I had shown uh, through some adversity that we had had uh, with some other teammates. So I didn't have um, a, a lot of the traditional challenges that I know many women, uh, especially in banking, face. Mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough to uh, have good leaders uh, and a good mentor uh, from Phyllis Arnold down. Um, working, I think, with a woman uh, in banking certainly gave me the opportunity to learn and grow from from some of the struggles that she had. Mm-hmm. I think the biggest struggle um, though that, that I had was I was the youngest and, and the youngest by a lot. Yeah. And there there were differences uh, just in in the way we do things, not um, not because I was a woman, but because I was from the younger generation. So overcoming some of those conflicts um, just in, in communicating, I, um, I text with a lot of my clients um, or, you know, um, I am, am friends on social media with clients and uh, from a, another generation's perspective, those things were not um, as professional as 
showing up at um, their their office and I, I just you know overcoming those generational differences was, was a pretty big challenge yeah okay good 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 so you're clearly a leader for for you to be 21 and being bold enough to <laughs> ask the <laughs> president for a job I mean that is clearly <laughs> leadership ability so you're a leader, not only in banking, but also in the community. So when you think of, I believe that some people think, oh, you were born leader. I think leaders are made and not born. And that it's really about developing certain skills, attitudes, and behaviors um, that really make you into being a leader. So what, what skills, attitudes, and behaviors did you have to learn or adopt in order to achieve career success? You know, when I first heard uh, you ask some of your prior guests a, a similar version of that mm -hmm. question, it really made me stop to, to think and, and reflect. And I really think that uh, the from the skill side, there's a couple of things that come to mind. Um, and that's learning the art of negotiation. Mm -hmm. And you're not just negotiating um, with your client, but you have to learn how to negotiate for yourself. And that could be negotiating for uh, a, a pay increase. Mm -hmm. That could be negotiating for a job, or maybe it's not for a job. Maybe someone's asked you to do something that you don't have the capacity to take on at the time and, and just learning how to negotiate uh, for, for yourself. The other thing um, that negotiation, you have to, you have to really know what you want, mm -hmm. because if you ask for something, you can't be afraid that you'll get it. And um, learning, <laughs> learning that sometimes when you ask, you're going to get it. Careful uh, what you ask for, right? You're yeah. ready. Bingo, bingo, because you just might get it. Just might get it. Um, and the, yeah, the, the other skill uh, that I have um, not perfected by any stretch of the imagination, mm -hmm. but is so important is patience. Mm -hmm. And um, learning that it, it takes time and it takes um, the, the right situation to, to come about and really just being patient and in not only what you expect of yourself, but what you expect of others. You can't expect someone to change a 20 year habit because you ask them nicely one time. Mm -hmm. um, so just learning, um, learning patience and practicing patience, I, I think is a, is a really big help. And in terms of behaviors, I feel like I had a really good foundation for behaviors uh, from my home life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had parents who had a very strong work ethic and, and always showed up and, and did um, extra, may, maybe more than what they were asked. And, and that was really instilled in me. Um, so I've always been one that just showed up. Um, I showed up early. I showed up late. I showed up on the weekends. Um, whenever there was something going on, I, I showed up. Mm -hmm. And I think that that um, is, is just really important as a leader. It, you can't expect people to do things that you're not willing to do. Right. So, um, you know, just this past weekend, we had a great team show up uh, to support the 
city in the Charleston distance run. It's an annual tradition. We, we man a water station and it's an early morning. It's uh, on a Saturday, you're up before seven and, and handing out water and cheering on runners. And I wouldn't ask my team to do that without me also being willing exactly. to, to give up and, and be there. Exactly. So um, those, are, those are just some of the things that, um, that when reflecting, I, I think that are really important in, in leadership. Awesome, awesome, so true. Yeah, I saw your photo, I was like, oh, I thought you were running the 15 miler. I was like, go ahead, Christy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, did, I, I didn't run, I just handed out the water. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Equally <laughs> yeah. um, as important. <laughs> I know, very important. I've done the 5K a couple of times, but I've never, than the, the 15 miler. Yeah. Absolutely. So you're, you, you mentioned your parents. So you were born in West Virginia, correct? You're native West Virginia? I am. I, I have lived my entire life in West Virginia. I grew up in uh, Fayette County. Mm-hmm. I went to school at Concord College, now university. And okay. I have been with Truist for a little over 17 years now. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. So when you think of your, your leadership style, and you kind of, you've been alluding to some of this, how would you describe your, your leadership style? I've been very fortunate um, working for Truist. We have a leadership institute, and uh, we get to go through and, and spend a lot of time focusing on and, and developing our, our personal selves, which then helps us become uh, better leaders. So Mm-hmm. spent some time developing my leadership purpose, um, which is to cultivate an inclusive environment where all persons have equal a- access to basic human needs. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my purpose really drives my style. Our current CEO says, um, all, you know, all of the time when you know your purpose, um, that's when you know what you're doing matters. And and I think that knowing my purpose um, is really to just help ensure that everyone feels included and and they have access to to just the basic human needs. Helps me be understanding when something happens within their family unit that they need to, to take time off. Encouraging them to take uh, personal days to just not think about work because mm-hmm. life is is so much more or so much bigger than than work. And then hopefully um, being supportive when there are errors made. We we are human and we do make errors. Um, that's just a, a product of who we are. And um, I, I feel like being supportive all around um, is you know, helps my style fit my purpose. Absolutely. That's awesome. Now thinking about coaching, um, you, you mentioned um, Phyllis Arno. So what coaching, um, and it sounds like she was a coach mentor, what coaching have you received and how did it impact your career? Sure. Phyllis was um, very instrumental in um, the the first part of my career. And then Bobby Blakely has been 
um, my manager now for the other half of, of my career thus far. So uh, I've had two very strong uh, leaders to, to learn from. And I think the best um, coaching advice that, that I have received, which is applicable not only to work, but to life in general, is that if you think you don't like someone, get to know them better. Mm. Because many, many um, miscommunications happen when we are quick to judge someone else and right. someone else's intentions. And if we pause to start thinking about what's going on, asking questions and getting to understand the other person's purpose, a lot of times things can be easily resolved. So um, I think that's really been the, the best advice I've gotten. And I try not to be quick to judge um, anyone because they, they too are likely a daughter and a, a mom or a puppy mom or, or a kitty mom or whatever it may be. And just getting to know what drives that person, um, I think, can help you be a more effective leader. Awesome. Awesome. So what about coaching others? How do you, have you been able to make time to coach others, maybe other young women coming along in banking? I have uh, had the opportunity to work with the YWCA in Charleston mm -hmm. um, on their Girl Talk program, okay. which was working with um, children or girls at the at Capitol High School. They were considered to be at risk. They had lots of potential, but um, maybe lacking some support systems at, at home. And in working through that program and, and partnering with the YW, just been able to develop some relationships and, and hopefully make some meaningful impact in these young women's lives. Uh, so, so that's been one way uh, that, that I've done that. And then internally um, at the bank, just making certain that I take the time to talk with my team one-on-one -on -one and making sure that uh, we hold one another accountable. So if we have a coaching session on the calendar and the world is crazy and there's a pandemic and there's uh, PPP loans that, that need to be done, uh, that we still take the time to have that coaching. It, it's not necessarily a, a formal round of you need to do this and don't do that, but right. it's just, I'm here. How can I support you? What, you know, what are, what's bothering you? What can I help you with? Um, and I think those, those check-ins are very critical in, um, in leading a team. Yeah, just making that space, just making that, yeah, mm -hmm. when everything else is going crazy around you. So based on your experience, what are some keys to effective leadership? You know, I think that honesty is the key to so many things, but being honest and transparent as a leader are two things that you just can't, you cannot be a leader without being honest and transparent to the team that you're leading. Mm -hmm. People know um, when, uh, I have a manager that, that always said, you know, you can put tuna in a can and when you take it out, it's canned tuna. I don't care how, 
how often you, you know, or how good you do it, it still can do that. And um, I feel like that is so true uh, with leadership. Your team can fill it when you're not sincere Mm -hmm. and you need to be uh, transparent about challenges that you're going through, whether it's personal challenges or uh, professional challenges. Um, Don't, don't hide things and, and don't, uh, don't be afraid to talk about the tough things. Mm -hmm. I think that, um, that's, that's been one of the things that ha- has moved me the most uh, was hearing from uh, a teammate on, on my team tell me that um, she had seen me change and seen that I was a different leader today than I was five years ago mm. and that I'm much more compassionate and understanding and really fun to work with. And that to me, um, that was me taking a lot of internal look at myself mm-hmm. to see where I may not have been, you know, hitting the bar and being open to receiving feedback and, and receiving that and, and working on it. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been with BBNT, well, BBNT now, Truist, <laughs> for 17 Truist. years. <laughs> So if you reflect yes. on your career, um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started? <laughs> that banking hours do not exist. <laughs> I know. Yeah. You guys get a bad rap, don't you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's oh, no God. such thing as, as banking hours. It's, it's 24 hours for sure. Uh, <laughs> but no. Uh, in, in all seriousness, I, I think that um, as I reflect on on what I've learned through my journey is that what you say, when you say it, and how you say it mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. So um, it's you're being watched whether you know you are or not, mm-hmm. and especially as a leader your words carry so much weight and people take what you say very seriously. So um, just, just be careful Uh, back to the, be careful what you ask for, be careful what you say, Mm -hmm. uh, because it it matters. And especially as a leader, you need to uh, say, say what you mean and mean what you say. Awesome. Words matter. Words matter. Yeah, they do for sure. For sure. So what's next for you, Christy? You know, uh, Michelle, I I don't know. I uh, have been asking my magic eight ball and uh, it keeps coming back with uh, ask again. Um, So (laughs) (laughs) we'll we'll see. Um, We'll see what the future holds for right now. I am enjoying the uh, market president position at Truist. I am excited for our merger of equals to be completed um, and and be able to to have Truist everywhere and and share our Truist purpose in our communities. Uh, And hopefully we'll be doing that for the foreseeable future. I am also really enjoying my uh, presidency of Rotary and yes. um, all of the things that, that come with that and 
thank you for uh, serving on my board. That's been a, a lot of fun and, and making some, yeah. some impact. At the end of the day, um, you know, where I am and, and what I'm doing, it will always be for the betterment of the Charleston community and for the state of West Virginia. I am from here. I am very passionate about our future and uh, all of the, the people that we have. And I just want to see, um, I want to see Charleston and West Virginia recognized for all of the good that we have. Sure. So what, in whatever role I am in, um, that will be what I am doing um, in the background. Yep, seems like a, a person filled with hope. Absolutely. <laughs> the best for our, our community well, and our yeah. state. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Any parting words? Absolutely. That's, you know, this interview was just, time just flew by. So any- It any really part, did. I, I, I know. <laughs> Anything to wrap up? Wrap up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think what, what I would tell um, your listeners it would be to believe in themselves the same way they believe in others, mm -hmm. to give themselves the same grace that they give to others, and celebrate the wins, all of them, whenever they happen, mm -hmm. because you've worked hard and you deserve to celebrate. So, so that would be my parting words. Hey, time to today. celebrate. I like that. Always, yeah. there's always time for a party, right? <laughs> That's right. That's okay. right. <laughs> Thanks so much, Christy. It was a pleasure having you as my guest on Fostering Solutions, and I'm sure I'll be seeing you soon. So take care. Well, thank you for having me, and I'll see you soon. Thank you.